0: we're learning more as we look around the world. It's not just about our community. It's not just something that's happening here. We're not saying, okay, this is how it's spreading in North York, and this is how it's spreading in Niagara, and this is how it's spreading in Hamilton. We're looking to see what's going on in the rest of the world. And a few of the people that we've been interviewing today have said how important it is to look at that trajectory. Dr. Belchev, in our first hour here together, had been very clear about that, that we're learning about the virus and how it's gonna affect your life, and we're learning about it as we look at what is happening elsewhere one of those places is hong kong it has faced a resurgence of imported and community infections 16 new cases i believe in the last 13 hours and we've been meeting some canadians living in these places around the world i would like to welcome an expat living in hong kong canadian farah masood welcome farah thank you for being here
1: Thanks, Arlene, and thanks, uh, Global News Radio, for covering this, actually. It's, um, I, I feel like it's almost a little bit too late, and sad to be able to, you know, tell you guys now a little bit about what we've been going through, but you're absolutely right when you bring up that there's been a little bit of a insurgence, um, or sorry, a, a little bit of a reoccurrence with the, you know, the new cases coming in. Um, it's a little nerve-wracking, actually. I would say, you know, things have changed um, We've been dealing with this for the past eight weeks, and I don't think that if you had asked me three weeks ago that this is what we'd be seeing today, um, that I would be having this conversation, um, it, you know. It,
0: as you what say, is through- it, you say it is unnerving, you sound frightened, and I don't blame you.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a little bit nerve-wracking now, but um, you know, I don't mean to sound frightening. I, what, I, what I mean to say really is just things have really changed. I think for me to tell you that it's so frightening is overnight, just since last night till um, now, we have a new case in our neighborhood, so, which was primarily an area that was mostly unaffected. Um, but, you know, we do have uh, a new case just in my neighboring buildings, the place where I go for my grocery shopping, where I go on a daily basis. So it's definitely hitting much closer to home, even though Hong Kong is tiny and it was already close to home. So this is like next door, and um, you can definitely say that I'm feeling it.
0: Farah, you know, as you say, it's hit your neighborhood, and to get these new cases, you know, there's a sense everywhere around the world, everybody's looking for the moment of the blue sky and go, phew, we kind of did it. Now with this resurgence, uh, you must be feeling that you just don't know where the end is.
1: Exactly. You, you, you're you hitting the nail on the head. I would say, um, you know, three weeks ago, um, I was having family calling me from Canada or from the U.S. and, you know, saying, oh, my God, what's going on over there? Are you guys okay? Blah, blah, blah. And I was telling them, oh, no, there's, you know, nothing. It's, it's way overplayed and, you know, we're getting better. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm, and I'm feeling like, uh, you know, we're, we're doing it right here in Hong Kong. And, and I will say that actually here in Hong Kong, I, I still feel that they've done it right. You know, they took measures pretty quick um, and harsh. So even for the people here, when schools first got closed, we were feeling like that was too much. Like, how could they possibly close schools when, you know, other things were still going on? And, uh, you know, we were proud of that. I, I think a couple of weeks ago, if you'd asked me, I would have told you, this is amazing. Um, we're coming out on the end of it while the rest of the world is just starting to see it. I can, I have the opportunity to warn them. I can tell them that it's coming up. And then now, this last week, really, um, I would say it's just kind of changed. But with that being said, um, I am still somewhat reassured in the last um, few days um, despite this new onset um, the communities just really come together. Um, we went from a roller coaster of emotions from feeling like it's coming back and now what are we gonna do to hey let's help those that are coming over here. And tell them what they can do because they haven't been here up till now and they didn't know what the rest of Hong Kong was doing, which was basically social distancing. We were staying away from each other. We were, mm-hmm. you know, tra- staying indoors and doing all of that stuff. And, and you know, if you're coming from abroad, maybe you're not practicing this already you don't is
0: know that how. part of it farah is that part of it because i'm reading some of the coverage of what's happening right now in this resurgence in hong kong and they're saying you know they're wondering if it's spread among the bars and the restaurants in certain areas yeah. do you think that there's been a letting down a guard, when people from the outside are coming back or coming in and they're not doing what you have just really explained very well on the social distancing that got hong kong to this place
1: yeah, I, w- I will say that because they're out of practice, right? They don't—they're not familiar what, with what our norm has been up till now. Um, also, we have to realize that there's also people coming in that have no choice. Um, you know, when UK schools are closing, um, for Hong Kong, a lot of the population of the young children go abroad for school, so they have to come back and of course if measures weren't put into place here just up until um on the really yesterday on the on the 19th um which is when they basically said well anyone coming from anywhere now does need to follow the quarantine protocol of 14 days whereas prior to that you know the european places were not originally covered neither was north america it was just the places that were thought to be the most you know, affected. And then slowly, you know, more and more places got added to that. And now, you know, hopefully with this new addition of, you know, saying that everybody has to do with the quarantine, it should make a difference. I will say that anytime we've here in Hong Kong done something like this, it's taken about two weeks for us to see results. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with everything you guys are doing there, I, I feel like Yours is even a little bit more harsh, just probably because it was later. Um, mm-hmm. like, no, I uh, want to, I want
0: to ask you because it's a unique situation. As you're talking about everything Hong Kong did, boy, that is a different kind of conversation than any reporting I have done in Hong Kong. Because you're going through this through the backdrop of protests and about fighting for democracy. What has that done to this? Because that is really something really poignant. All eyes were on Hong Kong, and now we're all talking about our liberty and what we have to give up. Farah, how does that feel now?
1: Yeah. Um, So I will tell you, as someone who's been living here for almost two years in Hong Kong, my first, you know, entire year was just glorious it was it was like a dream come true it's phenomenal especially you know growing up in Canada and North America some of the most uh interesting things that you wouldn't think of like the safety here and all of that is just phenomenal but then when the protests you know half a year or so of protests and initially they weren't you know so bad but towards the fall they were a little bit more where you had to stay indoors.
0: Well, or... there was violence in them as well.
1: Yeah, of course, there was violence. Um, I will say violence here in Hong Kong compared to what, you know, violence and protesting is compared uh, or is in North America. Um, it's a completely different type of violence. Um, so I would still overall call it Peaceful protesting. I know it sounds like an exaggeration or maybe a downplaying, um, but you know that type of protesting doesn't continue for that long if it wasn't peaceful to begin with. Um,
0: mm-hmm. But now you're, you've got the, perhaps so the joys and up Yeah,
1: economy's taking a big hit. Yeah, a big hit. Um, you know, Hong Kong is a tourism hub, and when people don't want to come here because they're seeing protests on the news. And some of our favorite restaurants are shutting down. You know, around Christmas time, we were, you know, going to some of the more popular areas in Central and seeing that some of the best places that we used to like to go to eat at had closed, And business owners begging for customers to come in by offering two-for-one specials. And then this happened. So, you know, there's just no turnaround right now where we're feeling like Very depressed, very desperate. Very, how are we going to get through this?
0: But we will. Um, You will. You will. Farah, you we will. That has been. Optimism. Yeah, that is the message of hope that has been happening, no matter where we go, inside a hospital, or even to Hong Kong to talk really clearly with you. Farah Masood, we are all thinking about you. You're still a Canadian,
1: and I am. They, I'm, I'm married now, right. so my last name is now Siddiqui. But yes. Yeah. Um, Definitely optimism all the way. So much solidarity. And I just want you guys to know that whatever we've been through, you're going through now. And, you know, who knows what will happen with us, but we're all in it together.
0: You got it. Farrah, thank you for joining us. We
1: appreciate Thank you it. so much for having me.
0: Farah Masood, Canadian who is living in Hong Kong, joining us live there with that incredible story. You can hear the anxiousness in her voice, maybe something we should get a little bit prepared for because they thought they were over the hump and then there were more co- cases. We have had a little bit of warning on that.